Coming up, want to know how to build features that your customers will actually want to use? Well, today's guest shares his four-step process on how to turn your app idea into a product that users will love. Plus, listen to his tips on the types of questions you should ask potential customers. All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. From Apple features to ASO to influencer marketing, you will learn all the tools and tactics to make it in the app space. Learn more at appmastersacademy.com. From marketing analytics to omni-channel campaigns to marketing automation, CleverTap is the all-in-one solution to help you retain your users for life. Learn more at clevertap.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of appmasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content in the app business. And today I've got a phenomenal guest. A lot of times, I talk about growth, talk about ASO, talk about Apple features, I talk about everything related, but I've been trying to scale back on that, on those conversations, because I think what's more important is how do you build the right app at the right time? And then how do you really know what customers want? So I've got today's guest to talk all about that. His name is Ken Vermeil. He is the CEO and founder at Vermilion Sky. Check him out. It is Vermilion Sky. .co, only the cool kids have the CO. He's been in the app business. He runs a mobile app development company and he's been doing it for over 10 years, helping people build and manage apps that others will love. Ken, welcome to the show. Thank you, Steve, for having me. I really appreciate you know you giving me the time to be here and talking to your audience and really just having a great conversation. I love it. I love the bow tie that you have in your profile picture, Ken. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, my my wife actually makes bow ties. Oh, get it so out! A shout out for her, Catherine. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. I like that signature look. I need a signature look, Ken. So I got to go to you when I need that. Oh yeah, sure. My wife is a stylist. She'll take care of you. Okay, perfect. I like that, man. All right, Ken. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about the app stuff. How do you know what customers want? You've seen you people. I'm sure people come to you and say, "Ken, I got an idea. Help me build this." But how do you like really? What do you tell them? And then how do you really figure out what customers really want? So when people are just like, Ken, I have an idea, I just say, get away from me. I don't want to talk to you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, what, uh, <laughs> well, you, you, you can be surprised as to uh, once I say, oh, I'm, I help people make apps. They're like, oh, great. I have this app idea. I want to make Facebook. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. Facebook already exists. And I don't, right. I'm really not sure, but you know, I'll hear you out. When it comes to figuring out what people want, the best thing, and this is my secret weapon. So, you know, I'm just giving it up all I'm giving it up right now. Oh, I love it. The best thing to do is really just ask people. That's it. End the podcast, shut it down right now. <laughs> just ask people if they want to use your app, and then that's it. Um, but clearly it's it's a lot more than that. So if you have an idea, essentially what you're doing is you're solving a problem. Once you have this idea and once you understand that it's it's solving a problem, 
the next step is to really go to whoever you believe is going to use the app or use a platform and then ask them, hey, what are your problems? What I've found is that most app ideas generally focus on a, they don't necessarily focus on a problem, they more focus on a solution that the app, well, the app founder wants to implement. The best ideas solve a very concrete problem that has a high pain point for the customer. So for instance, if uh, you wanted to go swimming, right? And, and I'm using a tangible example here. If you wanted to go swimming, right, but you don't know how to swim, that's a problem. If there was a way for you to learn how to swim, you would solve the problem of swimming. But a lot of the times it's not just, I want to go swimming. It's, I want to go swimming because. And it's this because that convinces people to use your app and to fall in love with it. So I help people understand what their what the problem is that they're solving and the because that entices people to use the application. How do you help and, them solve uh, that? So it's really about first determining who your customer is. So in any app idea, whether it be, you know, the next Facebook or the next dating app, you have to say, who is my customer? Who are they? What do they do? What do they look like? How old are they? You essentially build a customer profile. And that customer profile serves as initially a hypothesis to what, to who you're going to be selling to. The next step after that is to prove your hypothesis, either right or wrong. So you find five to 10 people. Well, what we do <laughs> is we find five to 10 people um, based on the initial hypothesis, and we ask them a myriad of questions. And these questions eventually help us to figure out what their core problem is and how high they rate that core problem. So for instance, again, going back to the swimming analogy, um, we would go to the beach. At the beach, there are people who are probably there just hanging out, chilling. And, and there are people who are probably not swimming. And we would ask them, hey, why are you not swimming? What is it, what is it that's preventing you from swimming? Oh, well, you know, I don't know how to swim. And, you know, I see a lot of people hanging out and doing stuff. But, you know, I'm too scared. Why mm -hmm. are you scared? And then we would, eventually this why ladder would lead to the core issue and it could be like well i don't i want to swim so that i can impress my friends so that i can feel good about myself and so that i can be confident in you know taking the world and it's until you really understand what your customer really wants to do not their initial stated goals but really the the motivation behind that goal that's essentially what we what we go, what, what we go for. Mm. That's what we target. That's how we build them our product and even use language that says, hey, here's what you're thinking in your mind. And, and of course, you don't get this after one customer interview, but you get it after really refining your customer avatar, really understanding who they are, what their motivations are, 
and their goals. And then you build a product against that. I see. When you have a product that really resonates them to a point where they're like, oh my gosh, I was thinking that. Oh boy, like <laughs> I had this thought yesterday. This is exactly what I'm looking for. They're going to use your app. And not only are they going to use your app, they're going to tell other people about it. And those other people are going to use your app as well. It's really easy to get more customers when you have three or four champions ranting and raving about how your app changed their life, solved their problem, and addressed a core deep issue that they couldn't even put into words. That's the type of stuff that we like to work with. Those are the types of apps that we like to build. I see. And Ken, do you guys help with this? So if I just came with a dumb idea or just a, a great idea, a great app <laughs> idea to you, would you help me kind of figure out all these features? So, yes. Essentially okay. what we do, so there's no like dumb idea because we don't necessarily know whether or not an idea would work or not sure. because we're most of the time we're not the target audience. Um, a couple of years back, if you said, hey, we're going to build an app where you take pictures and then the pictures disappear after a period of time. And that's it. That's the whole premise of the app. That's not going to work for me. But clearly, Snapchat is a big contender. So what we do, um, we generally have a process. And that process is about four to five meetings where, one, we try to understand who you are because part of your app development process is your story. Um, once we understand who you are, then we work to do research in, in understanding who your customer is and the market. And once we understand who your customer is, your, your market and your competitors and all that stuff, then we kind of crunch the numbers, figure out whether or not this is something that's viable. And we report that to you. <laughs> Um, and, and we, we really present a solution that works. So are there specifics so that you can I, give? Cause they're, I'm kind of getting fuzzy on what, what you're okay. actually talking about. So, so essentially what we do is we, we have four meetings. Uh -huh. The first meeting is really, Hey, what do you want to build? You, we, we pretty much get the spec and we, we understand what you want to build and why you want to build it. Second meeting is, hey, who's your customer? We spend some time figuring out who the customer is. And, and of course, these meetings can take like, they're, they're from an hour to three hours of really deep diving into who the customer is. After we have that second meeting with the customer, we go out and we find your customer. And then we interview them. We ask them, hey, is this something that resonates with you? Third meeting, we take the information from the second meeting. Um, and then we, we measure that against your market. And then finally, the fourth meeting is us kind of determining whether or not this works. And then we come together and we put a solution presentation. And this solution presentation pretty much says, hey, this app will work if we do the following things. One, we target these people. Two, we build these features. And three, we use this go-to-market strategy to really launch your app in a way that will resonate with your users. So in, in this process, we're also doing 
customer interviews and we're also really deep diving into what the market is currently offering. Because the other thing is you don't want to build a product in where where people are using something else that kind of alleviates their issue to the point where they don't want to use anything else. Well, talk me through this, Ken, because I think... It's a great process, but I think the thing that maybe I'll get hung up on or maybe the listener will get hung up on is talking to the customers. So are you doing this literally like with your pool analogy, like going to a pool, asking them questions and getting them to talk? That's what you're literally doing? Yes. So there are a couple of strategies into actually finding your customer. One, and this this might be surprising, literally putting out a Craigslist, Craigslist ad and saying, hey, we're looking for people who are interested in A, B, C. We will give you a, let's say, $25 gift card to, to come in, talk to us for a couple of minutes, and then we get your feedback. And, and in this process, of course, we make everybody sign non-disclosure agreements, and then we talk to them. The other thing is, sometimes, yes, we do go out to where the customer is. So if let's say if you're building an app for colleges, right? We would have to go to a college, set up base, and of course get permission from the college and and do all those things, and have a sense saying, "Hey, talk to us." We would then interview the people who are within the target market. Again, we would set the parameters. Um, let's say they're in. Let's say you're looking for students who are getting their masters in business school because you want to build an app that helps them do XYZ or ZYX. We would go to, we're in New York, so we would go to NYU Stern Business School, set up a place there, talk to students, spend some time with them, um, get their information to see if they want to do a deeper interview, and then they would bring them, we would bring them back to our offices, talk to them, and extract that information. Now, I'm guessing some of the, some of the listeners might want to know, what do we ask? And that depends. Really, all the questions are based. What we're trying to gauge when we're asking these questions is, one, if this is an actual problem that's happening in their lives, two, the intensity of the problem, um, because we don't, we, and we generally rate these, the intensity from one to 10. We don't want a problem that's like a one, because that means it's a little problem and they're not going to use your app or they're either going to say, ah, well, it's not really a big problem, so I'm not going to deal with it. Um, And three, the frequency that this problem appears in their life. So if you're building an app and you have to make a certain amount of revenue within a certain period of time, either because you want to garner investments or because you want to build the build your app business to a certain point. You don't want to build an app where people are having a problem once a year. Yeah. Unless you can, you can build your business model around that. And so all of the fuzziness and all of the, well, what if this and what if that, all of that really gets clear when you're talking to your customer, when they're telling you their problems, and even in those interviews, we also find other opportunities of problems that we could solve that the founder may have never thought of 
because they haven't they haven't gone through the interview process. I see. And this is all part of just you guys working together. I'm assuming you're getting paid for this. Oh yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Great. Well, well <laughs> it's yeah. I mean, initially us just talking to the, the founder. That's not necessarily paid for, but yes, talking to the customer. Yeah assessing their risk and making sure that they're investing their money in the, in the right area. Yeah. 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 That that's, makes sense. That's, that's super valuable for everyone. I love that. I love those questions too, because I think it is just the frequency. That was a key thing. Cause a lot of times we build yeah. this app. It's like, dude, I would use this like maybe once a year, maybe like, yeah. so it is very valuable. That frequency question. So let's talk about this again. Like once you've done that process, you've kind of sort of figured out, okay, here are the features. How do you, once you build a feature, how do you determine the, if the feature is like achieving its goal, it's worth keeping or how do you kill it too? So in the beginning, we don't build all of the features that we want to. What we, what we essentially do is from our customer interviews, we rank all the features in their effectiveness to solve the customer's problem. Once we rank that, we, for the first version of the application, um, again, this is not for some, this is not necessarily for somebody that has an app that has customers that has, you know, an audience already. This is necessarily advice for somebody who wants to, you know, <laughs> who wants to, to, who, who wants to start, their their app from scratch so we rank each feature and we build the top features because we want a, a a limited feature set because that limited feature set comprises the core of the application once we understand whether or not the core of the application works then we could add on features which end up being enhancements to either delight the customer or be a retention be be something that, that that'll keep them using the application so we build the core a lot of people call this the minimum viable product we also call it that but um we we build the minimum viable product and then we set that out and then we test what do we test we test against what the customer wants to do so if so with each project that we work on there are different metrics some of our clients want to get funding other clients want to just build a business that they could live off of. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, it, it could essentially be their passive income, and and they they spend Monday through Friday just on the beach. <laughs> um, so, depending on what they want to do, let's for for this case, let's say they want to build a business that generates income. We help them build their sales pipeline. And then the features are ranked against how they perform in the sales pipeline and also where they, where they are sacked in the sales pipeline uh, for each, each customer type. So I know that might sound <laughs> complicated, but it's essentially if you have three features, three core features of the application, you want each feature to essentially push the customer towards a sale. And we measure each feature's effectiveness through pushing the pushing the customer through the sale using um, a couple of key metrics that we set up in. We use Google Analytics and 
We also use Firebase and a bit of Mixpanel to calculate the to calculate each feature's effectiveness. And at the end of each month, we say, "Hey, well, we measure these features, and then we um, and then we pre present it to the founder, and we use that to really understand how the users are using the app to see whether it's moving the needle positively or negatively. And then once we have a baseline, that's when we start adding new features and seeing how those new features affect the base of the application. I see. I like that. Yeah. The it's it's a lot of it's it's a lot of like number crunching and it's a lot of probability, but from our experience it it works to helping people achieve their goals. Well, helping the founders achieve their goals and also helping the users actually solve their problem. What's one thing that we can do while we're listening, after we've done, we're done listening to your advice, Ken, what's something, what's one thing that we can do today to implement your strategy that you just outlined? So the best thing that anybody could do is really do a deep dive on the AARRR framework. Um, once you have a really complete understanding of that framework, then you can start implementing one analytics tool and then use each, literally take each feature, rank it, and say, hey, this is my goal. Let's take all of our features, rank them, and create a metric. And this can easily be done in any type of spreadsheet software. Track it over time and see how each feature is affecting your either sales pipeline or usage pipeline. Once you do that, then you'll have an understanding on whether or not you should drop a feature or you should add features. Awesome. All right. I'm going to link that up. I think Dave McClure came up with that AARRR yeah. framework. So I'm going to link that up into the show notes for those like me. I've never heard of it. Actually, first time <laughs> hearing about it now. So all these frameworks, there's a lot of these frameworks. It's hard to keep up with all well, of yeah. them. Yeah. I like it. This is cool. Well, it's pretty solid. <laughs> I like how you just walk through because a lot of times, you know, you get clients and they talk about an idea and you're like, okay, sure, I'll build it, right? Like we can just build it. Yeah. But I like how you're sort of just walking them through, making sure that they're building the right type of app and not just any type of app. And I'm sure you've heard so many different ideas, but it's like, look, I've heard it. And a lot of times I get this, Ken, like, look, can we sign an NDA before I tell you the app idea? Like, yo, homie, I've already probably heard it, the app idea already. <laughs> Well, yes. Um, I mean, honestly, <laughs> uh, a bit about me is I've so kind of being 10 years in the industry, you know, we've worked well. Yeah, we've worked on products and we've been that shop that was just, hey, yeah, we'll build it. Yeah. And then when we're like, hey, one year later, hey, how's everything going? Oh, yeah, we shut down and, you know, I have a job now and I'm just like, well, that's not why we spent time helping you build this. Mm -hmm. And and really what ended up happening was I was like, why are my clients not hitting their goal after a year or two years? Or you know, when it when it's time to like when it's time to like what have you worked on in the past? Oh, I've worked on that doesn't exist. Well, wow. uh, that doesn't exist anymore. So what I realized it's it's better for everyone not to just you know take your word for it. It's really take that 
idea and just try my best to not really disprove it, but try to make sure that you're really, really sure and you understand the risk and you know that it's going to work before we write one line of code. At that point, that's when I'm like, great. And so now the people that we work with, they're not <laughs> out of business in a year. Mm. They're in business for three, four, or five years. And that's great. Ken, I want to talk about, you know, going back to this AARR framework, the the whole like monetization, the revenue aspect of it, like how do you help clients with that? Because I feel like that's one of the hardest parts. Well, retention, obviously, because then you can't monetize without retention. But like when you think about monetization, what's worked for you guys? So what we do with our clients is we create like a success calculator. Um, and what that calculator is, it's if you get X amount of impressions and from those impressions, um, 20% turn into quote-unquote leads or somebody that uses the app. And from that 20%, if 5% of those people make a purchase and they would make a purchase, you will need this many people to do impressions. And, and this, this is just like a very, very basic sales pipeline. Mm -hmm. But what we do is we... Each, each level of, of the pipeline requires a different action. So when it comes to impressions, it's okay. You have a pretty good, you, you, you don't have enough impressions, which is why you're not getting enough sales. So what we'll do is we'll say, hey, we need to put in more money into marketing, into maybe looking at um, a couple of the ad frameworks or working with a partner to actually manage your marketing at scale. If it's not an impressions issue, and if it's just a retention issue, then we need to figure out the reason why people are not using it enough to become somebody that actually buys it. Okay. Well, buys an item. So it's at every different at every different stage. And again, this is this is more of a cycle because once you fix one once you fix one issue of the pipeline, yeah. another problem arises. But that's a good thing because it's either, oh my gosh, we have so many impressions, but now our um, our turnovers, our turnover is lower. What what should we do to fix it? And I was like, okay, great. Now maybe these new people coming from this new marketing channel, maybe they have different expectations. And guess what we have to do? Mm. We have to talk to them. <laughs> So there's there's no time when we're not talking to the customer and understanding how new features work. How we're do you very, figure out the retention part of it then? So that's actually something that we use Mixpanel for. So when it comes to retention, Mixpanel kind of automatically does it, but we also create our own special um special attributes to really gauge intention. Because if somebody opens your app and then they close it, that doesn't mean that they've been retained. That means that they might have tapped on your app, but they might have tapped on your app by accident. Right. And <laughs> it, it, it doesn't count. Um, I know Firebase also does this thing where the app has to be open for a certain amount of seconds for a user to be retained. But what we really like to do is we like to see an action taken. So if you open the home screen and then you tap 
on something and then you check something real quick and then you leave the app, something made you do that. If we did a push notification campaign for a specific customer segment and then they take an action, that's 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 something good. That's that's part of our that's part of our strategy. Yeah. And so that's it's a combination of tools and again taking what we've learned from the customer and then building either a feature or even a marketing channel to address that and then seeing how that works in the grand scope of things. I like that. I like that a lot. Hey, Ken, listen with this. So I get this question all the time. Hey, I'm building an app. What are some SDKs? What are some things that I need to definitely have before I launch this? So Firebase is number one. Um, that's kind of our favorite tool. Um, we do a, so when we work with people, we do a mixture of Firebase and Mixpanel, but Firebase is our go-to because we can, we have a lot of fun in Firebase because we, we, we kind of have our, our own custom stuff, but out of the box, Firebase does do a lot of tracking and it's for Android and iOS and literally a lot of the features that anybody wants to build, like social login, um, they even have their own database. That's that's definitely something that you have to have. And it, if you wanted to, it also shaves down the time that it takes to build certain features. Nice. And is Mixpanel yeah. the plan that you guys are suggesting to clients? Is that the free plan or is there a paid plan? What are you guys suggesting to your clients? So we do suggest the first tier of the paid plan, mainly because they have the... So Mixpanel does this thing where every user becomes a p person mm -hmm. and you can literally track what a person does within each session when you use, when you use Mixpanel. So if a person opens the app, you know, taps on a product, views a product for 10 seconds, uh, presses the quantity, leaves the app, comes back, you see all of that activity per each user. And Mixpanel also allows you to literally send a push notification to a uh, customer segment that has done specific action, and so if you use if you're if you have an e-commerce application and you want to target all the people in New York who has opened the app um, within the past three days who has an item in their carts, you can do that. Love it. Love it. The anything else? So I, I'm assuming you know Facebook SDK obviously is one. Firebase, Mixpanel, anything else? Must-haves before we launch. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, really, just being able to to track and understand what your customer is doing, so that you have that information to take your next step. So right. that's that's pretty much it. I mean, everything else is just oh, I almost forgot the branch SDK. So what we like to do is we like to encourage our app users to share the app. And what the branch SDK does is it allows you to see, well, it allows you to set up um, att attribution tracking. So it allows you to see who's sharing the app. And you can say, hey, thank you for sharing the app to 20 people. Here's a 10% coupon. Enjoy. And that person, you just made a champion. Got it. Love it. And that, that's using branch. Is that easy to yeah. implement? Yeah. Really cool, Ken. It takes like half a day. <laughs> half a day to really do like the 
the, the complicated stuff. You know what? Like that is such a great question because I think it's a great way for those who are listening kind of be like, okay, I want to work with somebody. How long is this going to take? And then if they're saying, you know, one of the tricks back in the day, if you're using Upwork was just like, how long does it take to put a chart boosting in there? And if they say like a day, then you're like, don't work with that person. So I think those, <laughs> <laughs> those are good things to be like, hey, this doesn't take that long type of thing. Ken, anything I miss that you want to make sure that we cover? No, I think that's that's pretty much it. I mean, the awesome. the biggest thing is know your customer because once you know them, you're you're able to provide them with exactly what they need, and you can speak their language, which is so stinking powerful as well. Well, before we hit the big finish, I do want to thank my sponsor, CleverTap.com. They are the mobile marketing platform that drives lasting engagement. So Ken talked about this a lot, really understanding your users, using push notifications to really bring them back and then seeing where they drop off. So if you got a tool like Mixpanel or Firebase, you can use CleverTap to send them these marketing campaigns that will get them back into the app. And the key thing that I really love too is they have these ghost push notifications. So it's not real push notifications, but they do this on the back end to see if somebody has actually uninstalled your app. And if they do, they have metrics, you can send them a follow-up email. Hey, Ken, notice that you're no longer using our app. Can we ask why? Why aren't you using our swimming app that we talked to you at the pool for? You're one of our early users and you could really figure out why users are uninstalling your app so you can build the right features, go back to the drawing board and build those right features to keep them within the app. The website, if you want to check them out, is clevertap.com, clevertap.com please let them know you heard it on this podcast so I can be hooked up as well. I don't get any type of feedback, monetization back from them, but they will. It does make me feel warm and fuzzy. So once again, it is clevertap.com. Ken, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. Give us one app. We definitely have to check out. So this might just be coming from the, the agency space. And I know a lot of agency owners might cringe at this, but I love the Basecamp app. It is so amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's really amazing because it's so simple. And when we're working with clients, you can literally say, hey, just download Basecamp. And they're like, oh my gosh. And their their new chat feature. Um, so we, 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 we've been on and off with Basecamp. Like, hey, you know, this you, you guys are cool, but there's this new shiny thing over here. Mm-hmm. called Asana and Trello, and we want to do that. That, with their new chat feature, it's like your client can kind of like text you and send, you know, quick, easy messages. That And it, it really just makes everything easy. The design is sleek. They also have a desktop application, which is great. And, and, and everything really just connects, and they really did a, did a great job. I love it. I read, I read their most recent book, It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy, great book too oh yeah i love the book too yeah. i i i read it in a weekend I, I love that book too i was lazy i read i, I listened to the audiobook but ken what is one lesson <laughs> that took you the longest to learn uh the lesson that took me the longest to learn was um to niche uh <laughs> because everyone's like you need to niche you can't just attack everybody and i was just like yeah i can i can i can do it but when you niche you Niching was a, list, a lesson in customer development that I did not know until I saw somebody else really dominate their niche. Mm. And when I saw how dialed in they were to their customer, I was like, okay, that's what you mean. So 
when everybody says you need to niche down, you're not alienating everybody else. You're just choosing a focused customer segment. And so it took me a very long time (laughs) to actually take that advice. And once I did, everything started working out for me. And something I've learned too, Ken, both we're both running agencies. It's like when we niche down, it doesn't mean that those other clients that you actually thought were for you, they're not, they're there too. Like they actually want to work with you as well. So it's pretty crazy what happens when you niche down. Yeah, awesome. It's Ken. very counterintuitive. All right. Selfish answer. One last tip that I want to ask you is from an agency to agency owner, like what's one tip that's actually helped you grow your agency? Um, the best thing that I've done was really talk to other agency owners because there is a lot. So when we look at other agency owners, you're like, that's my enemy. Mm-hmm. I want to, <laughs> I'm just competing with that person. I don't want them to get any of the any of the great information that I have, I'm going to use. I'm going to leverage my information against them. But what I've realized is that there is enough work out there for everybody. There there is enough work out there for everybody to own their agency and to have their own clients work with them and have a healthy business. And I think, yeah, talking to other agency owners, understanding their process, you know, helping them with their process. If one agency has a client that they might not want to work with because of a myriad of reasons, um, maybe they might not be a personality fit. You get another, you, you, they, you trade clients and well, not trade, but it's, it's more of a, they're not your enemy. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Great advice. Something that I've has helped me a lot as well. Cause I've never viewed anybody as really real competition. We're all friends here. Ken, since you know your audience so well, you said niche down. All right. So if you're looking to get an app created and you fit this target market, Ken, what target market are you looking to fill? So we're looking for customers who want to, we're looking for founders who want to market or build apps for customers. We're not necessarily doing the B2B stuff. We're, we're specifically doing the B2C stuff. So small new founders who have less than $1 million in funding, who are generally on the East Coast area, who either have some type of hardware, um, hardware connection to their app, or some type of... Uh, physical connection so it's it's not just yeah we're we're another social network it's we are a platform here's our hardware here's the app to manage our hardware got it i love it well if you fit that mold and you want to start working with somebody like ken go check out vermilionsky.co vermilionsky.co it's linked up into the show notes and in your favorite podcast app as well ken you want to send the audience anywhere else well, I will say that uh, you, d- you did mention CleverTap, and I will say that the people at CleverTap, they probably have the best people that I've ever, you know, really speak to because they, they really, really care about their people. And, and I really can't say that about everybody, but mm-hmm. CleverTap is, they're awesome. Yeah. That's it, huh? That Thank you, Ken. Yep. You just want to send them back to CleverTap. I love it. Well, oh, yeah. The website, if you want to check out Ken, it is vermilionsky.co. 
Co. Clevertap.com is a sponsor. If you got anything out of this, find a way to thank the guests. Ken's Twitter profile is going to be linked up if you click on his name in your favorite podcast app, like I'm about to do now. Ken, thank you so much for being so stylish and for coming on to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. (laughs) We'll see you at the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters Podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.